I gotta turn to waste lock. Flip to Delver and you're gonna die. Gonna daze anything that can kill it. Why would you even try? Got myself on magic online. Built the deck like a real try hard. SCG dropped their format support. Shoulda know we'd never get that far. Standing by the pairing board. Check out my 60% win rate. This deck practically plays itself. Now legacy is really easy. These are the best days of my life. Ain't no use in complaining when you've got no lands in play. Spend my evenings grinding some leaves. Guess I'll have to get back in shape. Well, it looks like now I should've just saved my money Now I'm stuck with these stupid cards Guess I'll buy back into modern These were the best days of my life Back in the summer of six and rent Back in the summer of six and red. 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 So stupid. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Goley and Phil Bleckman. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? Doing pretty good. Doing swell. I, I've i been better, especially Have after you, this recent announcement. Have you? Yeah. Isn't, isn't this the, the, the banning you were waiting for, Zach? Oh, yeah, obviously. I went back and listened to our uh, set review today. Mm-hmm. Of Modern Horizons, talking about running six, and it's funny how, you know, we spent like twenty minutes on it, and still kind of underestimated it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was, I mean, I was obviously high on this card when it when it got uh, announced, uh, but I don't think even at that point I even owned them yet, uh, and I went out and bought them for twenty five dollars a piece, and they went up to like a hundred dollars. Nate, give us a refresher. Who had the closest uh, estimation of what Ren became? Zach did. Mm -hmm. I said it was the best card in the set. You said that it was second place to Force of Negation. Um, Zach said it was going to go right into Rug Delver, and I was talking about, like, Jund. So... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I would like to Wasteland people all the time. Please let me Wasteland people all the time. Uh, so if you're if you're listening to this and, uh, and you don't know what we're talking about, you've probably been living in a shoebox for the last, uh, you know, I don't 48 know, 48 hours. hours. Uh, Renin 6 has been banned in Legacy. Um, press F to pay respects. Uh, Zach's been pouring one out all day. I've been pouring one in, man. I'm having one right now. You can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I am... Um... I'm I'm surprised. I was actually surprised. I well, say, I shouldn't I didn't say expect that. Expect them to uh, react as quickly as they did. I definitely think that this was eventually the right call, but um, I, I thought I had more time. Well, they always say it's for the players, and there's like a Grand Prix in Bologna, which might be the last Legacy Grand Prix ever, for all we know. And uh, the fact that they made this move um, is is was a little surprising to me, though. I, I think I. I on Sunday night, I was sorting my cards, um, and I was pulling out some stuff to trade, uh, just like you know, kind of thinning the collection a little bit. Yeah. And I pulled out my running sixes, and I was like, "These aren't going to last much longer, but they should make it to the new year." And as soon as I said that, I'm like, "They're getting banned tomorrow." I, I can feel it. Running six, what? <laughs> 2019 to 2019. 2019 to 2019. <laughs> In fact, our our opening song, the summer of six and Ren. 
<laughs> that thought worked really well. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. We're recording after I recorded that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's. But it let's, was perfect. It was it was the summer of six and ran and and uh, it's you know it was eighty degrees today in Texas. Oh God! I'm sure it wasn't there. No, but it was, uh, it was fine out today. Yeah. In uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, let's let's read over the uh, announcement since it's only two paragraphs to just give everybody uh, what was going on in their heads about this. Okay, who wants to read? You want me to read? Uh, Bill, sure. You read? Sure, you read. Okay. Since their adoption of Renan Six. Teamer Delver variants have become dominant in Legacy. I'm reading it. (laughs) In Magic Online League play over recent weeks, Teamer Delver has maintained a 56.5% win rate and has earned over three times as many 5-0 finishers as the next deck. That should actually be more than three times, but never mind. Um, Most importantly, it has a favorable matchup against each of the other 10 most played decks. While a strong card in general, Renin 6 is especially powerful in Legacy because of its interaction with Wasteland and the historic prevalence of metagame-defining one-toughness creatures like Mother of Runes, Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, and Young Pyromancer. Prior to the addition of Renin 6 to Team Redelver decks, the Legacy metagame was generally looking healthy. In order to weaken Team Redelver decks and bring the metagame into a better balance again, Renin 6 is banned in Legacy. Yeah, uh, they gave us a lot. They gave another us, prize. They, they gave us a lot there. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this. Oko is looking like a full snack right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just, um, I mean, I'm just going to slot in Oko's. This is yeah, but you're not going to really hit your land drops. It's That's the fine. Thing. Play 19 lands. Play 19 lands. Play I don't think lands. that, yeah, I actually don't think, I don't know. Um, I don't think Rug is dead by any no, means. No, like, not at all. I mean, it was a deck the entire time Death Rite Shaman was legal. It Still, was a like, waning you know, people, deck when Death It was a waning was deck, but it you know made top eights. Yeah, I think that know. it's still still probably. Uh, I mean, for right now, I think it's the best uh, Delver deck uh, because of Oko. Oko Oko allows it to to maintain that spot. But uh, if if we didn't have Oko, it, it would be back. To, I think everyone would be back on Grixis Delver. Well, good <laughs> thing Oko got good thing Oko got printed because otherwise. You know, Tarmogoyf would go back to being marginalized. Sorry, Good Bill. Thing Oko got printed. I don't. <laughs> I don't actually mean Ru- that. I think Oko rue sucks. the day. Rue the day you make that statement, sir. Well, that was a, that was sarcasm. But yes, I mean, at least like there will still be green decks because Oko is you know existing. Dude, um, dude, dude. I think 2019 not only being the poorest year of balanced design since Urza's block. Also made it so that the majority of legacy from this point forward is only going to be pretty much the blue soup cantrips, the fast mana, and then 2019 rares and mythics. And it's going to push all fair decks into like mid-range soup decks. Well, I think that getting rid of Renin 6 is gives at least some people a chance to sort of experiment with cards that came out in 2019 that were overshadowed by Ren and Six and Rug Delver. Like I can't think of anything that's an X one off the top of my head, especially but just therapist. like is it a one one? It's not yeah. a one two, right? Uh, yeah, there you go. Um I mean the thing is like Ren and Six just basically murdered Maverick and Death and Taxes, not even be- because of the wasteland thing, but because like you can you couldn't put a noble hierarch into play or a Thalia or Mother of Runes, like they all said. So those decks just went away completely, and there have been cards that have been printed for them. You know that could that could slide to those kinds of decks that might help. Um, and I mean, you said it on Twitter. Uh, it's it's probably going to be a great time to be an infect player again. Yeah, I'm, I'm one in one of my infect league. I just started, dude. Uh, I, the Veil of Summer is like, but Jesus, man, mm-hmm. for infect and storm, yeah. like Veil yeah. of Summer is the like the additional card that. Man, if your pyroblasts could cantrip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's interesting. I, 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 I just want to make the point that I think that like there's there's stuff to be done. I don't think that I think 2019 was bad, but I think that we haven't actually had the chance to because because the Ren, because Ren was so good. Phil, you used to say it and I used to and I used to sort of poo poo it and I was wrong because now I've seen it. There was no competition for the Ren and Six slot, just like there was no competition for the Death Rite slot, like in, in any serious manner. 
Like there was nothing better than a two mana crucible slash like free pinger, you know, like you couldn't do anything better than that. Like what two drop is that good? Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> so, seriously, like the only, the only thing I could think of that was even remotely close was Bitter Blossom, hmm. and even that, like, doesn't it, it, Red and Six didn't kill you <laughs> while, it, while it was doing its thing. Yeah, like the only thing I could think of that just gave you on turn two, especially on the play, like that much free value that just accelerated out of control before your opponent could even get started. The only thing I could think of was Bitter Blossom. Um, Death Rite Shaman, I, I, I think, is a little different in general just because it didn't – because, like, you could play Maverick with Death, Death Rite Shaman. You could play, like, Alluring and stuff like that. But, the, like, Renin 6 was so much of a color commitment that you, it wasn't even splashable like Death Rite Shaman was. We didn't even get, like, the weirdo decks that played Renin 6. There weren't any of those. It was just the rug deck, which was sort of surprising. Like, Yeah, I mean, we it. got that four-color Miracles deck for a little bit. Uh, there were some, there were some other four color decks that were trying to use Ren and Six, oh, but nothing man. really stick. Be, nothing yeah, stuck true. because the rug Ren and Six deck was so efficient, you couldn't really do anything four, about it. Four color miracles wasn't four color miracles. It was blue white miracles splash red green. Yeah, but right. I, and, like, I, I just think that it was that, that was yeah. interesting to me as a deck as a deck construction choice is to be able to take uh, a card like that and use it to. Uh, you, you know, like use it to build out a mana base instead of uh, use it to like waste waste lock your opponent. You could do that. You could do both those things for sure. But uh, you know, and then you were playing uh, the Snowlands. You were playing Astrolabe. You know, uh, I I found that like a, an interesting way to to uh, like brew in in Legacy, and th- you know that's gone now. Like I think we could say goodbye to snow covered lands at this point again. I don't know about Get that. Get out of here think, with that. Well, first of all, I just played against a bunch of snow covered lands and astrolabes, mm. so okay. <laughs> so I don't think that's a problem. Um, I, 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 I what I meant was like you know the the wasteland recursion or the fact it really wasn't just run and six. It was that run and six plus like the the pressure of Delver plus the pressure of Tarmogoyf mm-hmm. was you just couldn't you couldn't get started. Like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it wasn't man acceleration like Death Rite was, which was good for decks like Food Chain that could just kind of exist because Death Rite would sort of bridge the gap for them. Like those decks didn't get anything out of having Reddit six in play. You also, know? the at the time uh, of this coming in, like Grixis Delver was probably the best Bel- Delver deck. And it didn't have a great way to deal with Renin six. Um, you know, if they didn't counter it and they didn't have a Delver down when it happened, like that was it. You know, like yeah, you, you it was, just, it was you just, just waste them out of the game. Um, yeah. But on top of that, the uh, the other issue was that uh, with with Ren and Six, uh, other decks that traditionally are great against Tarmogoyf are like, oh, cool, I'll abrupt decay your Tarmogoyf. Well, now you're splitting your abrupt decays between uh, Ren and Six and Tarmogoyf, and you can't really have either one of those in play if you're if you're a lot of those other decks because the clock is just of Tarmogoyf is too much for a lot of those decks. That's why they're playing abrupt decay. Yep, exactly. I always felt that there was a deck that could go Forest Swamp, Abrupt Decay, it would have been good, but there wasn't one because the pressure was too high either from the decks that were playing against the Rug Delver deck, like the really fast you know, combo decks, or um, not really fast, but sort of just like like the Dark Depths and uh, Hogak decks are just not something you really want to be dealing with if you have Abrupt Decay in your deck. Yeah. You know? um, but... Uh, and then even then, like you would just lose to so the run and six decks sometimes because their most efficient draws were so insane. I mean, you basically got, you know, you got to deal with Delver, or you, like you take a few hits off a of Delver and suddenly you're in like bolt bolt range, right? Yep. You know, or you you know hit the run and six, which is great, but like you know they just play a Tarmogoyf or they waste you and play an Oko or something like that. Like not an Oko. Um, tar- uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Maybe it was waste you and play an Oko, but that was stupid. But either way, like. Um, yeah, I just didn't. Waste you and play a, a, a another time hooting, hooting mandrels, maybe hooting mandrels. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, once the rug decks really figured out, because the best the best four swamp rub decay deck, I think, was the depth deck for quite a while, and that was the sort of leading candidate to sort of pressure the red and six delver decks. But 
once they figured out that matchup, whether it was crop rotation or submerge or whatever, um, I, I thought the writing was on the wall once that happened. Well, then once people just the, the yeah. thing about that is that that traditionally uh, had been a very bad match, like the, the, not very bad, but like that was a favorable matchup for that deck versus the Team Delver decks until. You offered up uh, Oko as well, and it became, you have to do this during your main phase. I'm probably just going to turn your 2020 to a 3-3. Yeah. Right. I mean, we'll see what happens with Oko. I I actually ordered a couple of them, and then they went up. The Oko got banned in standard, and then went up in price. Can you believe it? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. amazing. Yeah. Um, I... I played against a deck that i know had oko in it just now but i didn't they didn't actually put an oko into play so uh but like my i was gonna get to that in a minute just about like 2019 in general but i don't know if we want to close out anything about the metagame that was like what do you i mean here's my here's my question maybe hmm. for you zach and, and for you phil as well like because I, I can't i can't sort of wrap my head around this how big of a loser is the rug deck and i'm going to preface this by saying like but what you said, like, I'm going to play Oko, and my thing was like, well, what if you can't hit your land drops, right? And I feel like that's it, though. Like, Oko exists, or they figured out a good blend of cards in the rug deck that have sort of... People have moved away from the cards that gave it an identity, like Stifle and Nimble Mongoose. Mm-hmm. And now that sort of seal has been broken. Yeah, I think uh, getting getting a chance to change, change up how you play the deck... Uh, in response to the metagame, you know, uh, based off the fact that you were playing more, t- you know, like it used to be you lost to Chalice of the Void on one, the game over. Now yeah. you're playing such a diverse mix of threats and spells that a Chalice on one is is a minor inconvenience. You don't just lose the game outright because you can, you know, you know, to invoke Oko yet again, but you can Oko a Chalice into a 3-3 and the game continues, right? Or, uh, you know, you just have a bunch of cards that don't cost one anymore in your deck, you know? All right, Zach, I'm going to pitch you an idea. Hmm. All right. I'm going to pitch you an idea using 2019 cards for your new rug deck now that rug is banned. Or Ren is banned. <laughs> it felt like rug is banned. <laughs> now, Go dude. on. Okay. Uh, let me actually start with this. Why, have, why hasn't any rug aficionado uh brought up the idea of playing once upon a time in rug i think it's terrible have you tried it i have not i think it's i think it's a bad idea i think that you only need that one threat so a card that searches for specifically a land or a creature it just doesn't do what you need to do nine times out of ten in in the deck and uh the other problem is it does cost two mana after a while. So like if okay, you want to cast I, it, you've got to pay you gotta pay that two mana. Okay, so I haven't sold you on once upon a time alone. I'm gonna up up the ante, okay? Sure. Okay. You're playing for Delver. Delver's your best start, right? Uh I would say yeah. For the most part, right? Yeah, not yeah, of course yeah. not against necessarily yeah, blind, every matchup. Blind but... I would play a Delver on turn one over Nimble Mongoose for sure. Okay, is Nimble Mongoose playable? I think it becomes playable again. How playable? Like playable like you actually want to play it or playable like, eh, I, I guess there's no other option. Well, I think I think we move back away from Hooting Mandrills because I think Tundras are going to be start become more playable again. So you're going to see more uh, Swords Plowshares and you're going to see more uh, Swords Plowshares from Death and Taxes as well. So I think Nimble Mongoose comes out again. OK, what are your thoughts on playing uh, Elvish Reclaimer? I have thought about Elvish Reclaimer. Um, I haven't. I'm not sold on it, but I have thought about it. What's your thoughts on playing Once Upon a Time, Elvish Reclaimer, and Delver so you can up the capacity of having a turn one threat? Uh, this guy. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm going to go hard no on, on uh, what's it called? Uh, Once, Once Upon a Time. time? I like but that I, I, I'd be okay with uh, uh, the Elvish Reclaimers. I'm not what? sold on Elvish Reclaimers because they do just die to like a ton of removal. And that's the beauty of having uh, Mambu, not yeah, but Delver gets in for a couple of turns. Elvis Reclaimer wants to wants to be around for long enough to either get big or do something impactful. Yeah, get big. I like getting 
uh, literally when you untap on turn two. What okay, do you what need, are what do you need I'm, in I'm that yard for that? Let, let's let's go one more. Okay, so we're hypothetically at this deck where we have our four Delvers, our four Elvish Reclaimers, and our four Once Upon a Times, right? Okay. okay. Ar- <laughs> arguably, yes. What what if in the in the deck where you want to be you wanted to go up to nineteen lands? Why not go up to uh, twenty and play a stage in the depths? So that's the first interesting thing I've heard out of this. So I think <laughs> I think Elvish Reclaimer okay. four Elvish Reclaimer plus one uh, depths and one Thespian stage, similar to a Stoneforge package with two equipment. Yeah, I don't think that's so. I, I wouldn't play uh, once upon a time. Then uh, Phil, I would play crop rotation instead. This guy, this guy, this is this <laughs> is how you. This is just good depth building right here. Yeah. Well, I think what, what once upon a time is interesting just to discuss. Should we should we move on to just like 2019 in general and like what's what's happened this year, which is so crazy because that's kind of yeah. Where I think we're going. Yeah. Talk about the the year that was. Let well, me just put gonna, a button. A button on that deck building, Zach. As as you're as you're unable to sleep tonight because you're thinking of this delicious new rug brew. Oh, don't do that to me again. That was last okay. night's problem. Just imagine your opponent plays a dark depths and you're in rug and you're like, oh man, this is terrible. Unless I draw exactly wasteland, and then you draw exactly your own thespian stage and make a <laughs> goddamn 2020. It would be hilarious. It'd be like. If your opponent played a rest in peace and you happen to have sided in your helm of obedience. And gotten to five. Yeah, and gotten to five. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I've been sort of fixated on this point a little bit about, like, that Ren was so, like, War of the Spark came out, right? And Karn and Narset and Teferi to a point were sort of the story, mm-hmm. right? And that, that only lasted, like, a month. I don't even remember how long it was out. I know that, like, it was Easter when we were in Niagara Falls, right? And War yep. of Spark had not yet come out. And then it's June. I think June 14th, maybe, Modern Horizons came out. That's my birthday. I want to say it was, like, on my birthday or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's maybe at the most, like, two months. So maybe it's, like, a month or so before, like, things settled down. But I'm just, like, so I, I played – I registered in Infect League – and I, and this was sort of like close to level one thinking, though. I kind of remembered when, when Death Rite was banned um, and Probe was banned that I just jammed Infect every week at the store and constantly went like three, three and one and four no, <laughs> like for like three weeks while people just like journaled around with their new piles. Yeah. Then I played against uh, the first the, the first match I played was against a Eldrazi deck with Karn and I did win. Um, but I did get like lattice out of nowhere, like just like, oh yeah, like I'm going to just lose this lattice right now. Like I can't do anything about it. And then I played against, uh, Bant Miracles and the Bant Miracles deck. The, the only thing I could think of that's in it that's green is Oko. And, uh, they actually did not play an Oko, but they did play a Teferi Time Raveler. Yeah, I like Time which Raveler. Which turned out to be really insanely good against Infect. It's very because, good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so bad for you, even though I had an Ink Moth Nexus and I was sort of plugging away. Then I realized that, like, I couldn't, I was like, oh, just fight over stuff. I'm just attacking with this Ink Moth Nexus. They can't Terminus it. I'll fight over everything. And then I realized that I couldn't actually fight over anything. So when they did, like, end of turn like brainstorm into terminus i was like ah, i'll just force this and i was like couldn't yeah so it's better I mean, on the other side of the board if you have tefri time uh time raveler yeah i mean it would have been good for me i would have just won <laughs> the game because i would have i also had all the pump spells in my hand that i wasn't casting because i knew they were floating in terminus like but anyway it was more like i just these cards are here now like they're st- they're, they're, those aren't going away and it's going to be a long time as people are shocked they took action on red and i mean that means that we're not expecting anything else to be fixed in this format for months if something gets out of control unless we hit that magic 56 percent win rate that was really interesting that they said that that they basically were like this deck is too good it's good against all the other decks is that like, is that the win rate of of the uh, this is like it's time to ban a thing 56 percent that's what they. That's what they've said uh, in the past. Usually, it's fifty-five percent plus a favorable matchup against like the next um, best deck. 
the next in this case they said the next ten most played decks that Rog had a good matchup against. So that's, that's cool. I can't imagine a deck that 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 was that good just goes away. But either way, like um, so but still, it's like you know what? How do you even how do you even react? Like it's almost like it's almost like <laughs> at this point, like Ren wasn't printed. And I know it, what it's not actually like that because there are people holding a bunch of Rens, you know, like in their hands, right? You're you're yeah. looking at them. But it was so it was it was Niagara Falls, which is Easter, so April, right? Mid April, right? Then in rapid succession, get War of the Spark, then Modern Horizons, then M twenty, which brought us Veil of Summer and Elvis Reclaimer, and to a lesser extent Mystic Forge. Um and then Ren is banned. And that's all the past five months, right? Six months maybe? We we barely knew ye. We barely knew Ren. We barely knew the format. I, I guess I know I'm kind of like rambling here, and I don't mean to, but I'm just sort of like, what what do you, where do you even start at this point? Do you go back to like the last time Ren wasn't legal? There was still an unsettled format then. No one knew what was going on at the time that before Ren was printed. That we were talking about Karn, the Great Creator, and whether that was going to make it. Oh, speaking of which, Zach. In our in our Madden Tarzan's uh, set review, the next card we reviewed was Echo of Eons. You said it would be banned in five months. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I, yeah. I, 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 you were, I had the banned in five well, months this, thing right. You had the banned in five months thing. <laughs> just right? the wrong card. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I don't even. I don't even know. I, I mean, I, I, I felt like okay, in fact, like that's good. Like I feel like it's good against. I, I especially said like people are going to try and play Tundra decks. And I'm like, and I like in fact against Tundra decks. So I didn't, I didn't account for the fact that the last time that was the case, there was no Teferi Time Rambler. No, yeah, yeah. To I just, mean, like, is... make my life miserable. But to the opposite, like, if you play your own Teferi Time Raveler, life gets the opposite of, of miserable. Right, so it's like, okay, You're now just I like, I have one, right? Deck. And they're like, yeah, I guess you win. And now it's, and I can actually play Oko, even, if I wanted to, you know? Um... So, I mean, like, there's a lot you can do, but I, I just, it's just crazy that, um, I, I mean, I, there's just so much, there's so much that's happened. It's like this high velocity. And as much as I, as much, as damning as the data was, right. And that was what really got me. The, the data was so damning that they cited 56% win rate <laughs> positive against the next 10 most played decks. That was a lot. And you could still make the argument that like, we never adjusted to it anyway, you know, because it was so short, like how long yeah. are we expected to take to adjust to things? Well, that's so. a, I mean, you know, we can look at uh, Pioneer for that too. Like, you know, they're doing a ban every week. They finally skipped a week. I was just like, how do we even know? How do we know that this is the right move? You know, like. Well, that ley line absolutely needed to be cut. Yeah, but that what I'm was, saying is, like, really then the bad. next week they're like, <laughs> uh, and we're gonna get rid of Vale of Summer, and it's like, dude, we don't have any data between week week two and week three to really know what like people haven't even adjusted, you know, a well, they lean very heavily. Enough. They lean very heavily on their magic online data to make these decisions. I know. It looks like they cited it when they did the vintage restriction. I want to say recently, maybe they even did in modern one of the last times they did a modern banning. So I, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it, it's like, Legacy might still need, might, might still tilt. There must, there might still be a fifty-six percent deck out there. I guess is what I'm saying. Like these cards are all extremely powerful that have come out this year, and there might be a fifty-six percent deck still lurking. And the question is, like, is someone going to find it? Is it going to get popularized? And will it push them to do a banning with this sort of what's so, the word? So I got to imagine that. Sorry, go ahead. What do you think the most powerful deck? in the format is right now storm do you think that I oh yeah think i think that. i think it's storm i don't think it like i think storm getting veil of summer is gigantic game and i think that even though the ren banning is like as good for other fair decks as it is bad for storm i think storm would easily be at that same threshold that the the rug decks were if it was popular enough and people played it enough to become proficient enough with it 
I just don't think that like your LEDs cross over into enough decks for people to invest in it and then take an actual uh, reasonable amount of enough time to learn the deck properly. But I think if you put in the reps with Storm, Storm is just the most powerful thing you can be doing. I think that's probably uh, correct. <laughs> and I, I you know, find Storm to be something like I'm an idiot and I win 50% of my games with Storm at least. You know? <laughs> like, There's just never going to be a tournament where the field of Storm is more than like, you know, I don't know, two to four percent. And then okay. of that percent, how many of how much how many of that uh group are actually like insane players that know how to navigate matchups and when to throw away certain resources to, you know, navigate through what they expect their opponent has? Like I don't know. It's not me, but I do know that there are like the storm players that are out there, I think are the scariest people in any tournament room. Well, one of the storm players is playing death and taxes <laughs> coming up or implied that he is. Um, so, um, and that was Cyrus just asking for a death and taxes deck on Twitter. Cause he's like in Europe. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to play death and taxes. Um, I, mean, I, I think, I, play, but okay, Phil, I'm sorry. I guess Phil, have you seen this blue time twister, Narset Emery deck? Yes. The one that just won the challenge. So uh, let me, uh, if you, if I can talk about that deck. I think it's just a, a, in my mind, it's just blue Bomberman. Yeah. And I don't think that anything, like, yes, it it has a lot of power in that it can time twister for zero mana, right? That's what LED Echo does. But I don't think that the play patterns of that deck are going to be really all that much different from Bomberman. Like, if you can beat Bomberman, you'll be able to beat that deck because that deck is just a chalice deck that, has a backdoor combo the same way that like if you draw chalice plus anything your deck's going to be functioning the way you want it to if you don't well hopefully you drew a fast mentor and a bunch of bobbles or a salvagers plus led for infinite mana in this deck it's like well instead of mentor and salvagers you're like well maybe i can draw karn or narset plus led echo do you think that the rug deck was the most powerful deck in the format before this run banning no you still think it was storm I I I think it was Storm. I think I think the Ren Rug was the most popular deck, but I don't think it was the most powerful deck. I think it pushed out a bunch of decks that were otherwise soft to losing the die roll plus Ren being even more punishing on that axis. Yeah, I still think um, that neither I, I, neither I, one of those decks were the most powerful, and still not the most powerful deck in the format. What do you think it is? I think it's Depths. It's just like a completely uninteractable combo. I, I, I can't counter this thing. This I guess I lose. Zach. I, I, no, I, I, I think it, it's good against decks that don't have white in it, but like <laughs> that's a lot of decks. It's a you know, lot of decks. You're, you're, you're also playing it like when you were playing the Ren deck, you were playing four Wasteland plus Ren six plus Counter Magic, like. You had plenty of ways to interact with it. Oh, I'm not saying that you couldn't win. I, I, I'm saying that against the field, I think that De- Depths is the most powerful deck in the format. And that wasn't this. It, it, that wasn't always the way. I just think that the, the way that the meta has shaped up, that's what happened. Um, Interesting. I, I think like. Yeah. Um. It, it, I think that that. Phil's answering the question in terms of raw power, and I think that Storm probably is the most in terms of raw power, just like being able to, but like, and maybe it has a lower fail rate than Bomberman or Blue Bomberman, right? Because you're talking about Bomberman as like it's as like it's got a high fail rate. Bomberman like, to me is just in the long like Bomberman is a really really well packaged Chalice deck. Yeah, it's a Chalice deck with really nice new gift wrapping of nothing but 2019 cards. But it's not doing anything different than the, than what the chalice decks were doing before. Yeah. Um, in fact, someone once someone reached out to me once and told me that the original Cloud Post deck in Legacy actually played Nullrod and Mikasin Blattis to lock out both players and then like attack with like a frog might or something that they could catch for free. Um, uh, like you know what else can beat the the Dark Depths deck or like slow it down? Caracas. Which was, you know, played in your in rug sideboard for a little bit when they were scared of it. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because, like, if I'm if I'm if I'm going by your definition of power, Phil, I would agree with you on Storm. If I'm going by Zach's definition of power, I think I would actually say it's Reanimator or Show and Tell, anything that can get Grizzlebrand play, because that's draw fourteen. 
and you can't really beat draw 14. I think it's easier to hate out graveyards just because the graveyard hate is like, there's a bunch of zero mana pieces that you could just put into play that they have to deal with. Otherwise their deck doesn't do anything. Yeah. Whereas with storm, no, it's like you got to put a Thalia into play or you got to put, mm-hmm. you know, the new white one mana enchantment the deafening silence into play. And all of those things still just lose to the generic things that they have to remove something from the table for a turn. Cause then you die. Well, yeah. I think we'll they get to draw. see in the next like week or, t- you know, a week or two month or two, which one of the three of us is right. You want to know the other thing that I, I think made, is, I haven't made a statement. I've been super milk toast. I was on infect or maverick. So I don't there's, know. there's, there's one other point that I have about why I think storm is the, is the most powerful deck. And I think it's because when you're playing against dark depths, you pretty much know the axis of which you need to navigate to beat that opponent, mm-hmm. right? You either Whereas do or you Storm, don't. Yeah, you have it or you don't. Are, are, are you, at, with Storm, are you supposed to like save your counter magic for their mana or their action? Mm-hmm. Are you supposed to go after their cantrips? Like, playing against a proficient Storm pilot is way more difficult because you don't know what the, necessarily what the relevant cards are in a, in a game state that isn't definitively clear. Yeah. That's why the best thing you do against Storm is to actually not fight with counter spells, is to bring in something that that st- sits on the board. Because then you don't have to remove an access. You get you get yeah you you just play this. But you, if I put a permanent hate piece onto the table, I have to hope that that hate is going to be relevant. But if it's permanent, then I just put it onto the table. I don't really have another decision tree other than casting it. Yeah. Whereas with yeah with counter magic, it puts the, uh, uh, an onus on me to be able to decipher what what is relevant. And a storm player can manipulate how I view the, the the game state if I'm not significantly ahead. A lot of us have lost to counter the dark ritual, and then they play Lotus Petal in a second dark ritual. A lot like, of us have lost from not countering the dark ritual, thinking yeah. we're going to save it for the act. Yeah, and then it's just duress. Well, that's <laughs> the, the beauty of playing ritual. Rug Delver. Uh, when you counter... Uh, something it's normally because it's like, well, I've got a daze in my hand. I can't let him resolve this, uh, you know, dark ritual or then my daze is worthless. So it's this, it's this or nothing. I didn't have you know a choice. Know what else is also can be punishing about trying to interact with the storm deck is that if you do, you might build their storm count so they can kill you. It is a problem. That is a problem. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> have to bait people into stuff sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I so, but and storm doesn't have any 2019 cards other than bail, right? Like there's you, nothing really you, that you, was printed. <laughs> Storm, do you know? Do you know how big of a car, uh, how big of an impact a card has to have to break into the perfect formation that is the storm deck? Yes, because I, I still have it sleeved up. It's still my deck. Veil of Summer is is bonkers. It is bonkers. It's also one of those cards where it's just like, I want Veil of Summer against my storm opponent, even though like when they go to dress me, I can trip, but like who cares that card's still like they got it out of my hand that was going to disrupt them yeah but for for them like a card that can counter a, a, a counter spell or just silence you plus cantrip that's insane for a deck that's going to kill you that same turn uh, I had to cast one for no value just to build storm count that's the only time I cast it at the, the turn man life is no bar, dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah I uh I don't know. So, um, what, what, so are you, do you still think storm is a big winner here then, Phil? Is that the way we should put this? Like, it's probably just fine. Cause I yeah, was going to say like storm, that's a bit of a loser because now it's going to have to play against these more, a more varied field. Whereas storm was really preying on the, the fact that the, the field was so rugged over and Ren centric. No, I think that storm is still going to be a big winner because I think people are still incentivized to play into the power creep. That is 2019 permanents that are like clunky and slow. Yeah. Two of those 2019 permanents are really good against storm Narset and, uh, and, Oh uh, yeah, for sure. But they're also three mana or like, you know, they can just snag it with a duress and there isn't really much play that you can do with those cards. You know, it's not like outside of force of negation. It's not like there was a tool, that got better against storm. I mean, you could argue that like opposing veil of summers, but it's like an opposing veil of summer. It's like, that means that if they, if they just suspect veil of summer, you're sitting with the veil of summer until they cast something. And then you're just going to fire it off in the face of a duress. And then they could just kill you. So it's not like it's, it's, it's well, just in my mind, veil and force of negation are just the same way that, um, uh, Cyrus had compared, like, 
explained his his thoughts on deafening silence, where he's like, it's just another piece of permanent hate that people are going to have, and you're going to deal with it the same way you deal with all the other permanent hate. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing with forced negation and veil. You just deal with it the same way you've dealt with all the other stack disruption, and you know, you they will something like a creature with, will die. Yeah, like a creature with hex proof or something like that. You know, to really, I guess, shake things up. Because the relationship with Storm is connecting to this. Zach, what do you what are you looking at here in the what new you, world? What do you think I'm going to play? Is is that the well? What, what what do you think is is like a big winner from this banning? I mean, I think Infect is a big winner, man. You can play your friggin' X ones now. Your whole deck is X ones. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I mean, I still, I still think it was a big winner. I just wasn't expecting all the same, all the things that you have to contend with that you have to learn to play around. I used to think that miracles type decks were really easy. I mean, and they probably still are. The thing, um, about, the thing about Vito, the miracles type Duffin's decks Vito was nightmarish. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about that, those decks is like, okay, they've got a, a Tefri down, right? You got to deal. You got to go play around that. Okay. I'm going to play this invigorate during my main phase. Do you have it? You know, like, it just yeah. means that you have to play suboptimally against against that deck. But that deck doesn't – they don't have as many, uh, you know, as many tools as other decks do. Like, you know, it's not like you're playing a deck that has Bolt, Fatal Push, Kogan's Command, you know. You know, as, as, as somebody who's played a lot of Miracles, I think that Miracles is actually one of the biggest losers after 2019, even with the Ren Ban. And that's primarily because in blue-white, your ways of dealing with non-creature permanence – is just so so like insufficient compared to the the rest of the color pie, and as more as the, if they just continue to keep plowing in these just insanely pushed planeswalkers, like your two councils judgment just aren't going to get it done, you know. Yeah. And as, as, as until like they print something in in you know miracles color palette that can deal with just these insane hate permanents that just win the game when they sit on the table, when as a miracles deck, you're not really clocking them, then, you know, miracles is going to continue to have a tough time. And R and D like in their, uh, article said that like they, they have been, uh, designing these walkers with like certain, uh, loyalty counts because they have, they're trying to balance the fact that they can be attacked and they expect them to be attacked. They're not thinking about the decks that don't have creatures in them. To <laughs> take them down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it, well, if you're the deck that's not attacking the Planeswalkers and trying to just interact on the stack to deal with your, your with permanence, then Miracles is just going to be in a tough spot. And that's not going to change until we get more efficient removal for just, you know, until we get a, an Abrupt Decay or an Ash Trophy in blue-white, you're just going to see less of Miracles, or you're going to see people have to, like, re- lean really hard on Counterbalance and hope that it's good enough in the matchups. You know, I gotta be honest though. Like the 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 answer, the we need answers for planeswalkers thing. I just don't see. I don't think it's enough. It, they're so they're, they're so inexpensive and such high value from a mana cost perspective at this point. Like like Renin Six was almost like a farce because it was two mana. Right? I mean, I I knew that I I knew that it was wrong, but I loved the crap out of it. I was like two mana for this effect, huh? All right, yeah. I'm in. One of the uh, serve it up. issues for, for Miracles is that, like, yes, Miracles gain Teferi, and yes, they gain Narset. Uh, and Oko. If they want to splash green, they can have Oko, for sure. But the other issue with it is that they're not... Like, the, the Miracles Dex is trying to defend their Planeswalkers with, what, some number of Terminus, four swords, some number of Snapcasters, some number of Mentor, right? Mm-hmm all of which you're trying to navigate to a position where you can leverage them for full value because a three mana two, two by itself ain't doing anything. And they're just, they continue to print planeswalkers that are very good at assassinating other unprotected planeswalkers. So Oko can just make a three, three to take down your three mana Narset or your three mana Jace. If it's, if you're not considering it. Uh, three mana to parry. I'm like three mana and Jace. Well, it's interesting too because like I was that that's sort of the thing. It's like the three mana thing is just Liliana. Okay, so Liliana the Veil, right? Was well, I guess Jace Bellerin was played, right? Mostly mm-hmm. to to kill other Jaces. And Jace Bellerin was not like. I mean, you guys might have played Legacy then. I didn't play Legacy when Jace Bellerin was was the only Jace. Jace, Jace Bellerin was played because he was Seal of Jace the Mind Sculptor. 
mm-hmm. wasn't there also like before Jace was printed, some of the blue decks just played to draw a couple cards and then like a like a like a like a Rexian uh, Arena for a couple turns or something, right? Um, yeah, he was the he was the like OG Nar set. Yeah. So so there's that, and then there's Liliana the Veil, which was really good, but still like it's one black like one black black doesn't have like a game winning thing. Did, yeah, it didn't win the game. And even it's like minus two was still like left it pretty weak. It would go down to one loyalty and you have to pick the creature. If you so like you would lose to Liana the Veil if you had one creature in play. Right. And then the, then this plus one would start getting you. Right. But like lately on the Veil was, was, I wouldn't want to say it was win more, but it was like, it required a more favorable board state. Then you had Lilian. What's, what's the next three mana planeswalker? I guess Dak Faden breaks in a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's basically an enchantment that just draws two and discards two every turn. Right? No, Dak, Dak Faden is a package. You're playing it with Punishing Fire, and if Punishing Fire isn't good, Dak's not going to be good. Well, that, but yeah, it, but the point is like Dak doesn't really do anything except filter. It's not like like yes, it can steal artifacts, and yes, you can pyroblast their lands and steal them eventually. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like. You were, you were really just playing it because it was like, here's a thing that lets me draw extra cards every turn. I'm going to... It's part of an engine. Yeah, part of... Like, I, have, I have Treasure Cruise or, or um, Punishing Fire, like you said, right? Um, and then we got a Last Hope, which was close to being... Like, talk about pushing X1s out of the format. Liliana, the Last Hope, was close to being that card, and it still didn't do it because it was three mana to do it, right? Plays right into days. Plays right into days. Right, exactly. And uh, you know, it, it's it had a game winning ultimate. Like it, it was interesting in that it's it was the first game winning ultimate. Where you really like you would bring Liliana the Last Hope in against Miracles just because it was basically like suspend four win the game, right? Yeah. So and and like so those were like the three mana walkers that were played, right? And none of them. I don't think any one of them is 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 playable now on the level of Teferi, Narset, and Noko. Not even close. Like Dak Faden, you know, we love Chase, right? But <laughs> Liliana, <laughs> like, Liliana, Last Hope is still probably a fine sideboard card in the decks that would want it for like the grindier decks that are able to leverage its minus two to re, uh, regrow a creature. Yeah. But, it's you're 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 rarely going to see it in main decks at this point because the you know four color piles and what have you are all just going to be on some amount of Narset Oko or Teferi three. Now, let's let's go one step further. Jace the Mind Sculptor, the terror of the format for like eight years. Like if you can't play a three mana Planeswalker, can you play a four mana Planeswalker? I think Jace is still playable. I mean, obviously he's still playable, but like. He's definitely like t- towards the middle of the pack compared to the volume at which you would see him. Right. Uh, exactly. How about Elspeth? How about Gideon Ally of Zendikar? Gideon Ally of Zendikar is yeah. still going to be a, a sideboard card for grinding matchups, but like as a one of, and maybe if that like potentially not even good enough, but you'll see him every once in a while. The, what was the other card? What was the other one that you mentioned? Elspeth. The Elspeth. There's, there's not a playable Elspeth anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then it's it just, it just like the, the the fact this is like a structural change, though, is sort of what I'm getting at here. Like it used to be that a planeswalker was like a four mana sort of finisher, right? Or a three mana utility card that had ups and downs depending on the matchup. Something like Liliana the Last Hope did nothing for you against Storm, right? Something like Liliana the Veil did nothing for you in certain matchups, right? Against like elves, like Leland the Mill, there's nothing, you know? Um, I think but now you've got these cards that they all sort of do something all the time and they're cheap. I think that's the issue with like them making cheaper planeswalkers. It's that they're making cheaper planeswalkers that are just ubiquitously good. There's, there's, there's no real pigeonhole or deck building constraint that you have to do to build them or to play with them. They just do like insanely powerful things at a really low rate. And all it requires you to do is have those colors of mana in your deck. And then you're probably correct to play them. It's not like the, the, the M 20 planeswalkers where it's like, if you want to play this three mana Soren, which is really powerful because it's a show and tell, but it's a show and tell for only vampires. So there's a deck building constraint there. So if there's a power, powerful enough vampire, this may be a playable planeswalker that 
has some interesting utility to it. But you're you have deck building constraints around it. It's like if they just made these cards, the, these planeswalkers, just generically good enchantments in these colors. That like there, there's no way that they would just print a, a, an enchantment that like can be attacked down that has these things, you know. And it's also there isn't a disenchant or any type of or, or one mana disenchant effect for planeswalkers. There's not a fragmentized for planeswalkers. Yeah. So the means of which you can interact with these things that are just ubiquitously good is not there. Yeah, I, I, I just. Yeah, but I, that's the thing. Like, it's so they're so inexpensive. The interaction almost doesn't matter, which I think was where I was starting to go. At this point, like, what are they going to print that equals the value you get out of forcing that person to have that removal? Right? Like, abrupt decay already existed, and it was it didn't didn't do anything. What about like anything yet? What about an essence scatter that counters target uh, creature or planeswalker? No, not playable. Well, you don't need right? it. You have the actual counter spell. Or, yeah. you know, like Dovin's Veto, like the, the deck I played against, the Miracles deck I played against today had had uh, Dovin's Veto and all the Planeswalkers and a Tropical Island, plus Terminus, plus Porton and Predict. Like I didn't see the I didn't see a Jace. I don't know if I saw a Mentor. <laughs> like the um, I think what happened in the first game. I don't know what happened in the first. They also had Astrolabe, by the way, which is interesting. Which is just like a draw engine with your uh, Teferi. I think that like if you are if you are a miracles player now, I think the only real reasonable way to play miracles in any legitimate way is you have to be playing Astrolabe to splash green so you can play Valenoka. I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's that's sort of what people have been saying that's banned miracles deck is a new thing, and that's kind of cool in a way. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's I just saying like we have a fun. It's a fundamental shift. Like you, like the threats. It's not like they banned Ren and you go back to before Ren. Well, like, like sometimes it is like that when a card gets banned, like, tr- like treasure cruise, right? <laughs> Even that is so little, like there, there's, there's one more aspect that I, I don't hear talked about too much when listening to, to other casts or reading a bunch of articles, but the, the, the 2019 planeswalkers in particular have been just absurd in that their design and the way that they're pushed and the ones that have caused problems, whether it's in vintage or have been oppressive in legacy, they're all at a really cut rate. For sure. Okay, we're past that. Uh, but they all are they're, they're prison pieces. Yeah. Yeah. They're all cheap prison pieces that cut. Like if you if if you have a Narset, it cuts off a bunch of what you're able to do. If you have a Teferi, you don't get to interact anymore. If you have a Karn, it shuts down an entire field of decks. If you have an Oko, you can't play you, you can't play permanence because he'll, he'll <laughs> just help them. So like the play patterns of these cards are also just you don't get to interact anymore. And that's the same issue that like when, whenever we complain about TNN, it's it's because you don't get to interact. These 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 cards are unhealthy and they're bad and they like feel like terrible to have be the most powerful things you can be doing because they limit the amount of interaction that you get to have. I want to give a quick aside here uh, to tell you guys a, a a story about about my life and who I am and 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 see if you guys can uh, appreciate how how this links up to to what we're talking about. Uh, as a kid, I, I loved punk rock and I loved comic books and all I wanted, all I wanted was for everybody else to get it. I wanted everyone else to love punk rock and comic books. And then, uh, like pop punk happened and the Marvel (laughs) movies happened and, and now I'm living in my own personal hell, right? Because everybody (laughs) likes these things, but not in the way that I like them. I'm gatekeeping. It's terrible. Um, so, uh, four or five years ago. Whenever they'd print a Planeswalker, I'd be like, this Planeswalker's garbage. Print playable Planeswalkers. And now I'm living in my own personal hell again. Well, I don't. I think that the choice to print 20 of them yeah. was, a, was a little That's how I feel about the Marvel movies, though. I just don't get why the ones that they printed, when they printed 20 of them, why did they put the actual, like, insane static abilities on the cheapest ones? Like your six mana one removes hexproof from creatures. But your three <laughs> mana one right. says that you just don't get to play on the stack anymore. <laughs> I know it's so bad. Your four mana one makes one ones, but then your three mana one says you just can't play cantrips or draw spells. Karn just locks off an entire uh, 
factor of permanence? I, I played that Kiora. I think it's Kiora that untaps target permanent. Yeah, in, sweet. Uh, in Pioneer. Play, play your, your four power dudes and draw some cards. Oh, wait, Narset exists. Uh, right. No, I just, it was just like, I was like, this card is cool. Like, I was, now I was playing a Pioneer. But, like, this card is cool. Like, it's too bad. <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, I would class, cast a Glorybringer, like an untap a mountain and cast a Glorybringer on turn three or something. Uh, yeah, because I would go, like, it was land. I would go, like, it was, like, land elf, then turn two Kiora. Then you, like, then shoot turn three and untap him again because you don't care. <laughs> yeah, because it's insane. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but I was like, this card is cool. Like, it's not even close. And it's a three-mana walker with two abilities. It starts at seven. Like, it's still, like, not even close. And this card, like, like, geez, I'm like, you know, a, a turn a turn three Glorybringer is pretty insane. Like, not that, you know, not that that's legacy. But you don't, you don't kind of get what I'm saying here? Like, yeah. just sort of like, it's sort of like, huh, like, this is really powerful in this context. And it's still not even close to, like, the top five or six or seven available for legacy or vintage. But they're all in the same set. Yep. It's, it's, all it's the, just it's all like Jace Wielder of Mysteries, which is four mana and very steeply blue, yeah. has a static ability that does nothing unless you have done a whole lot. Right? Like the lab man ability on your yeah. four mana walker. Like, why, well, how, how, why was that guy the four mana? I, the design baffles me. But... You know, this is the world we live in now, and it's not like it's going to change. Yeah. So, like, I think like the the way that it catches up is, you know, you like you're just incentivized to play more blasts. Like, it just it puts so much more pressure on those cards. That's actually an interesting point too that we should have maybe hit earlier. Like the fact that it, this is the world. Like, you know, we with Renan Six in the format, it was like there was no competition, so you're always incentivized to play red and green, so you could play Renan Six, right? Well, no matter what you were doing. Or main deck most of the time. <laughs> or, no, well, people were playing more spell snares. Yeah. Spell snare, blue blast, right? Mm-hmm. Get, got into the format. So now red and six is gone, but, like, are you still super pressured to play red so that you can get pyroblast? Like, does the, what about the, like, is, is, is that, is that going to be a, a counter to the bug Oko idea or Bant Oko idea? That I'm just going to have this red, like a red deck that plays pyroblast and just cleans those up. Maybe. I guess I just, only time will tell. I think that considering that the the walkers, all the walkers, whether so you have all of your blue walkers, right? Whether it be Teferi, Narset, Oko, Jace, or you have your red walkers out of mono red Stompy. Mm-hmm. So you're, and the only way to deal with those resolved is Abrupt Decay, which means, or Astrophy, which means that you have to be real, like densely in colors that you may not want to be, or you have to play the the blue and red blast. Those well, are the, the only they're the only actual reasonable efficient ways to deal with these permanents outside of attacking them. And if you're attacking them, like that's good that you are able to you your board was wide enough that one of them didn't get bounced, so a Teferi could untap and you don't get to interact, or an Oko elked it and is now sitting at five, <laughs> or elked its own thing so it could protect itself. Yeah. Or just went up to six, so it can't be attacked down. And now yeah. it threatens to steal that thing. So it's like you you can't rely on uh, on attacking down these walkers because they protect themselves or they deal with the, the the threat that would be imposing on them. And because they're cheap, how are you supposed to get a board presence that's wide enough to in the early game to deal with that? I think uh, it's it's a if you don't beat them, join them sort of thing, Phil. I think it's another reason why I, I we don't, see a you know, lot more people, a lot, a lot more decks, just playing at least that additional force of negation yeah. as force of will five or six. Look, I, I just, I, I, you're, you're, that's the thing though. It's beat them or join them. I just don't like the way these decks look with so many planeswalkers in yeah. it. It does not seem like there's much to. It's battle cruiser. Yeah, it's really, it really is taking a little bit of a like creativity feeling out of out of like um out of deck building you know and I, I just that just sucks that just that just hurts to see a little bit you know like what's the plan here the, the plan is to catch a bunch of cantrips so i get a planeswalker into play 
doesn't really matter which of these three planeswalkers. I'm up to like seven planeswalkers that I'm playing. Like, eh, sucks. Sucks. Yep. There's no good answer. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, we'll see if something else can emerge. Like, I really do think that DNT is is poised for a big comeback. Um, I think it'll be interesting a, to see what what the next week's worth of uh, like five O decks look like. That I think that's yeah. gonna that's gonna determine a lot of things, including like what decks to play. Uh, you know, in response to those decks. Quickly before we wrap up, hmm. what's a card we didn't talk about in this episode to date that you would say to watch out for? I'll start. Plague Engineer. Like, there's a. Remember that guy? Like, he's coming back because now you can play black again. Like, do, what, what's a card that you guys would say? From, like, what are the 2019 cards? We haven't even touched. Oh, 2019 cards. Okay. Yeah, even like a 2019 card. Echo Vions. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about Echo Vions. Hogak's yeah. a good one, though. Hogak, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, maybe. Like, I think Ice Fang Coatl. Ice Fang Coatl's an interesting one, too. Flash. I was going to say uh, Baleful Strix, uh, but you said 2019, so I say Ice Fang Quaddle. Yeah, like, that's just saying like, there's so many cards that came out this year. Like, how do we even know what to start with? But Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yeah. It came out this year. <laughs> Can you believe it? That's in War of the Spark. I actually looked up to see if Arclight Phoenix came out this year, but it was in Guilds of Ravnica, yeah. which was last year. Did you know there was a set, a whole set that came out with a bunch of cards in like January? Yeah. Ravnica Allegiance? Yeah, and I, about- I know because I actually played uh, a, uh, what's it called? A. Uh- a uh, Grand Prix and Day Two. <laughs> like that's like the Wally Pip of 2019. You know, Wally Pip was the guy who like without injured. Then Lou Gehrig played for him, and Lou Gehrig played 2,000 games in a row. Jeez. So the, like the Wally Pip of 2019 is around to go Legions. Might not have, might as well not even been printed. Remember we had Judith. She was going to be awesome. Well, maybe only I thought that. Remember the how about the few weeks with light up the stage and burn? Yeah, skewer the critics. Like, like that was like, a real yeah, thing. The critics light the stage. It's gonna be it's gonna be hot. Yeah. Um, um, before we do go, uh, we should uh, thank uh, Russell Herrick for his uh, pledge. Thank you for uh, joining us on Patreon. Yes, and we have another shout out uh, or a sort of promotion, I guess I should say, for our friends in the Legacy Pit. They are doing a 16-player invitational. The winner gets a moat, oh, and that is going to be on. That is going to be on. On phone. Uh, December 1st at 11:30 a.m. Uh, they've got Austin Blackner, who was the second place finisher at Atlanta. Uh, they have Dave Long, who's been a longtime legacy player. Tyrek Straken, who is um, a longtime legacy player of some note as well. Um, but it looks like it should be a pretty fun event and the winner gets a moat. That's so that's awesome. cool. That's, that's cool there. That's so I know, I know Travis who runs a legacy pit is really like excited to expand their tournament offerings in the next you know year, given the star city news. So, um, something for them to a place for them to start. It was with this invitational to try and just, uh, you know, get some, get some hype going around their stream. Yeah. Great. All we right. We talk about Narset and Vintage. Uh, that's a whole nother cast, I think. <laughs> I think it's just another step in the inevitable line of everybody's decks and Vintage will eventually just be 59 restricted yeah. cards. Yeah, you're totally right. That's really nothing there's to say about it. Like, Narset sucked for Vintage, but it's just like, yeah, you know. Already it was doubted. No way, man. It's, it's, uh, for me, uh, what, 52 restricted cards and four Renin six, four Collector Wolf. There you go. (laughs) All right. We we should end right there. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good week. Ever design year out of wizards was 2019 with War of the Spark and Modern Horizons. 
Silly food tokens, Mystic Forge, finally broke Mistress Workshop. The worst ever design year out of Wizards gave us static abilities on Planeswalker cards. A one-sided Null Rod, a free 8-8 Legend, and a Ley Line that got whacked in a brand new format. R&D sure believed in their hearts they were helping By pushing the characters in their story arcs So they stopped after like 5 minutes of testing Oko And moved on to the fake playtest cards And even though Cyrus won a GP with Storm Red and Six Somehow made Legacy worse And this was how cards got sent to the bandless while you could still buy them in packs When you punish your players for playing your game Don't expect them to thank you for give you The worst ever design year out of Wizards Didn't even get the fixes right Ban True Name Ban True Name tonight Ban True Name Ban, ban. Grizzle Brand 2.